It's Learning to Listen with Quinn, Naomi, and Charlie. Yeah, welcome L2L, the podcast, also known as Learning to Listen. Charlie's feeling it today. I just still going. Guys. <laughs> okay. Hey. Oh, love. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Welcome to L2L. We're talking about music and the Is that way what we you listen want? to music. Yes, that's always what I want. Okay. We're trying to engage with the music we listen to. We're all about the lost art of engaged listening. So that's why we're talking about albums and consuming the album as a whole artistic statement, the way artists intended. So that's what we're doing here today. Um, this isn't a biography show. It's a pure guttural, visceral reaction to the music we're listening to. Um, my name is Quinn. I have my co-hosts with me. I've got DJ Charlie Scream. Charlie Scream. With the awkward and sometimes too long drops. <laughs> hey, man. I got, look, I got 14 minutes of that crowd for you. Oh, my God. One of these days, I'll, actually, I'll just let it rip. Uh, we had a good one. We could have just stuck with the good one. <laughs> All right. Naomi. Naomi is here as well. How's it going, Naomi? Mm, gravy. <laughs> that wasn't a too long drop. That was just a nice little one. That was just, yeah, like mm, biscuits. Mm, gravy. Mm. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. That's wonderful. Mm, all gravy. right. Well, speaking of gravy, <laughs> we were talking about condoms earlier. So if you want to hear all about that, you got to get the patreon.com slash learning to listen. Find out all about our opinions on condoms. <laughs> That's, That's a little misleading. No, it's literal. It's exactly what we we're talking about. I mean, yeah. you know, that and how not, much. Not the kind for your penis, though. Your penis. All right. <laughs> this, is a, this, is, this, is a, this is a family show, guys. Get your minds out of the gutter. Mm-hmm. You're right again, Quinn. You're right again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Hey, Charlie, keep that crazy. plug. That, that plug, keep that one <laughs> handy. That's in slot number one, A1, off the top. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks, Naomi. Thanks. Didn't I knew you, it. Did you feel the sarcasm in, in my voice? <laughs> I don't hear sarcasm. I'm not. He's just looking for affirmation. That's all. Yeah. I just, I just, yeah. I, I <clears throat> anything that, you know, a, <laughs> out of context sounds like it agrees with me i'm happy with okay anyway what are we doing today we're doing rolling stones 100 greatest albums of all time according to their top 500 list from 2012 amended in 2020 uh i guess guys that we are on to number 89 so we're in the 80s out of the top 100 yes um so number 89 what are we doing we're doing erica badu's album baduism uh, baduism <laughs> is the Debut album by American singer and songwriter Erica Badu, released on February 11th, 1997 by Kedar Records. Uh, after leaving university in order to concentrate on music full time, Badu then began touring with her cousin Robert Free Bradford and recorded a 19 song demo, Country Cousins, which attracted the attention of Kedar Mansberg. He set up Badu to record a duet with D'Angelo, Your Precious Love, and eventually signed her to a record deal with Universal uh, Records. Recording sessions for the album took place from January to October 1996 in New York City, Philadelphia, and Dallas. Okay, that was a lot of background information for Baduism. Yeah, this is not a biography, damn it. 
I know, but that's just, you know, I read that first paragraph on Wikipedia sometimes <laughs> <laughs> and it's just whatever they put there. Me too. Um, and I call it research. Yeah, that's, that's my research. Um, okay. So Baduism, Erica Badu, 1997. Um, guys, where were you in 1997? Were you listening to Erica Badu? Were you checking this record out? No. No. <laughs> no I was not. Me neither. <laughs> so this is fresh to all of us. I was aware of Erica Badu. Mm-hmm. I remember this song on and on from this album. Mm-hmm. I don't really remember the other singles. I remember Apple Tree. For Apple Tree. But that's yeah. only because I've known a handful of people to cover that song. That's true. And I realized I know the covers better than I know the original. But then again, the covers that I've heard are, you know, fairly representational. Like the melody. I, I got the melody right away. Um, yeah. So I don't know. What were you guys doing in 1997 that you were like, uh, screw Erica Badu. I don't care about her. I'm not listening. Oh, God. I don't even remember. Losing my virginity. <laughs> yeah. And not to this album? Not to this album. No. But, this uh, wouldn't have been this, a bad one. This would have been a good one to do it. To, Pretty smooth. Actually. Well, instead yeah. of REO Speedwagon's greatest hits, or <laughs> <laughs> who do you take me for? <laughs> well, do you consider REO Speedwagon hair metal? No, I think they're just that. See, they are the beginning of the ballad rock. But that's 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 on our Patreon, Patreon.com slash right. to Listen, we'll leave leave that there. No. Um, yeah, I don't know, guys. Like, uh, I was somewhat listening to hip hop at the time. If, you know, if, if it mm-hmm. tickled my fancy, depending on who it was and what parties I was at and that sort of thing. And uh, Erica Badu, even though I feel like she came up as a subject on Oprah, you know, I might come <laughs> home from school and my mom would have Oprah on and, you know, she'd be talking about Erica Badu or something like that, yeah. you know? Oh, I get it. I know what I was listening to in 97. I just did a quick search of albums from 97. Mm-hmm. And for sure, I was listening to Prodigy, Fat of the Land, and like Chemical Brothers, Dig Your Own Hole. I was listening to electro stuff. Yeah, that stuff was out then for sure. Uh, my friends were listening to that. Um, we were probably awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I, I, I feel like there's definitely people in my circle who would have probably championed a little Erica Badu, but it just never seemed to come up. Daft Punk home. It was a good year for Electro, which mm-hmm. is not what this out with this. Well, this uh, album is not Electro. Album. Instead, uh, Erica Badu gets kind of credited uh, with being at the forefront of Neo Soul. Her and D'Angelo basically kind of get credited with that. I would say what gets called Neo Soul now sounds a little more authentically like a retro throwback soul sound, whereas this is a little more mired in jazz. Uh, a little more old school, even for the '90s hip hop. Obviously, mm-hmm. R&B is there for sure, uh, and like kind of beat poetry, mm-hmm. and a little bit of blues. You know, sure. all, like all kind of put together in this kind of smooth package. It's all, it's all very laid back. It's all very mellow. I like the uh, amount of uh, of real instrumentation on this record. That was cool to to hear a lot of. There was some samples and loops and stuff like that, but. It seemed like for the most part, stuff was worked out in the studio with real musicians. Um, I feel like some some of those musicians were the Roots, weren't they? Yes. I don't know about that. Were they specifically the yes. Roots? I know that she went on to work with the Roots after this record. Like she, they did. They did. Per, well, production wise, they produced a lot of tracks they were, on. They were on at least two songs. Okay, but not credited as the Roots. Yeah. Individual I mean, members it, from the Roots. When I looked at the credits, I didn't see the anything credited to the Roots. 
sometimes number mix number nine and oh sometimes okay so i guess sometimes was the one that they were but there's two different versions of it oh gotcha yeah well that's just it uh you gotta be careful because this album has had several releases since that have a ton of remixes reissues I had to kind of go out of my way to like find the one version online that was like the original 1997 release. Um, Yeah. But thank God, because (laughs) the other versions that I saw when I was like two hours. (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you. Thank you. No album should be two hours. Okay. But yeah. So, and then what about Erica Badu's career since like, uh, I don't know. Naomi, for some reason, I feel like because she's kind of that product of the 90s that maybe you've you you know more about her career. I really don't know that much about her career. In fact, I'm glad we talked about her because there's definitely somebody I want to get to know more of. But um, she's been active, but I just don't think she's been like huge on the charts. Yeah, she's been, she's been active. She's definitely been somebody who has stayed active working um you know i'm fairly relevant i think within musician circles whether or not she's really having big hits or not um Mm -hmm. she's been fairly controversial over the Mm. years Mm. especially in more recent years uh yeah i was just reading something about her support of r kelly uh bill cosby (laughs) both uh yeah 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 uh, you know, I, I didn't know if I wanted to bring that up too early because I was like, you know, we were talking a little bit ago about how, oh, I've been doing a little bit more research or digging into things a little bit more. And I was like, this is one of those cases where I'm like, ah, shit, now that I know some personal stuff about her, I, it kind of taints the experience mm. of listening to her music a little bit. Mm. Right. Where it's like, oh no, she's, she, she, yeah, she's publicly made, she's made statements publicly supporting Bill Cosby and R. Kelly you know and you're like hmm, interesting, interesting. Hmm. and not just that there's also some other controversy where um uh you know i'm i'm not well versed enough in my geo geopolitical uh you know understanding of of africa and its countries but uh apparently one of the last kings of of some small country in africa that had a real awful human rights uh track record she she like uh uh she performed for him privately and presented him with some gifts and stuff like that. So that was another big piece of controversy. It's like, I, I don't know. I don't know about her personal politics at all, but, but so I'm like, okay, this, this is one of those things maybe before we even get into it is like, are we, I guess in this case, we're just going to have to separate the art from the artist. I would. Th- yeah. Yeah. And especially in this case, because this art is all that I really know of the artist and only mostly because of this research for this specific thing, right? Like I didn't go around and read too much other background information or anything like that. I just kind of tried to keep it mm-hmm. to the, to the, to the album in question. Right. Yeah. So keep, it, keep it about the music. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think, that, uh, well, I think just to be fair to not to her per se, but to the piece of art itself. Be fair to the album. Yeah. Yeah, just to give it a fair shake as as a, a standalone artistic statement. That eh, okay, I don't know. Like the thing is, too, we I'm not going. I'm just I, I haven't done the real deep dive to be okay. like, well, you know, oh that statement was said, but it was in this context or whatever it was. You know, it's sure. just like okay. <laughs> well, okay, and here's a here's a here's a thought, an idea that um, 
when was this list? This list was redone in 2020, right? Or 2019? 2020, I believe. 2020. So all of this stuff happened before. Mm -hmm. Before this list was made. And so if Rolling Stone thought it was a big enough album to not take all that. And I think sometimes they take future things or where artists go or what they do into account before putting something like depending like that sort of depends on where they put it in the list Mm -hmm. um but this one's still already in the top top 100 so they must have looked past it themselves well yeah exactly that the the art maybe stands on its own i suppose Mm -hmm. right so let's get into it then um so obviously this is all of our first listens to this album then Mm -hmm. right um yeah I, i don't know um then what was everybody's like just reaction to it like was there anything you were expecting like i i I can give you guys some some of what i was thinking to start or unless you guys have some thoughts i expected this album to be a lot deeper oh yeah yeah. (laughs) lyrically speaking especially i just the reputation in my mind that erica badu has would be of like almost being somewhat philosophical like she had like this real like uh you know worldly you know knowledge or you know somebody who she was always presented that way every time i heard her talked about in the media or by other artists or whatever and maybe personally she gives off that vibe or whatever but then i listened to this album and i was like oh these lyrics are just your run-of-the-mill like r&b 90s lyrics yeah but there's like yes but also there's i find like there's an edge of philosophical sort of only leaning a little bit on on like some religious stuff that you wouldn't necessarily find in other which was otherwise it's just like her, right? oh no. you know i got problems with my baby <laughs> you know like yeah i definitely got a lot of that too but also i did like i didn't think like well she's super deep or anything like that but i did find like so, when i heard it the the thing that hit me was like it felt like a real wholesome album you know, like where other soul or, you know, some hip hops, I was expecting probably more in the lines of like hip hop stuff where, you know, it can kind of get dirty or whatever. And, you know, be more, I don't know. There's a song where she's telling some dude who says that he loves her and wants to be with her or whatever, that they're not going to be together because she's with someone else. Like that's pretty wholesome for an R and B song, right? Like, Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. 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 They're not that's messing what I mean, around though, or nothing. That's the content that you would you would still find that kind of content on a TLC album. Yeah, I guess it just this one it felt more. I, I guess with the uh, like Billie Holiday sort of vibes, it came off as more wholesome for me. Yeah, and all the comparisons to Billie Holiday, and I'm like, I didn't quite get that either. Mm, I did. I got that. Thing. Yeah, I just felt that I don't know. Maybe to me, Billie Holiday's voice is just more distinct. And everybody's like, oh, she sings Billy Holiday. I'm like, I don't know, man. <laughs> Billy Holiday. There's moments. Like, it's, it's not constant. There's just moments where you can hear that uh, mm-hmm. type of tone. Yeah. Naomi, mm-hmm. what were you saying, though, um, about you had a similar experience where you were kind of expecting it to be kind of deeper overall? Yeah, you pretty much stated exactly what I thought. Um, I didn't realize it was going to be primarily love songs, you know? I thought there were going to be, like you said, maybe some more statement type of tracks. Yeah. Um, and you know, this is a love song album. Absolutely. Yeah, I was kind of expecting like a Marvin Gaye's what's going on, you know, like mm-hmm. lyrically and poetically talking about like the state, state of the world. And she kind of vaguely touches on stuff. But I think mm-hmm. the deepest she really gets is like on and on. Not even, well, no, on and on is not really that deep lyrically. Uh, Apple tree. 
apple yeah. trees just about like mm-hmm. you know how it's you know like it's a good idea to choose your friends wisely right <laughs> well, there's one thing too is like i was thinking going into it um us being ca- caucasians reviewing an album that would be deep filled with statements for an african-american audience would be something that you know we have to be extremely respectful and you know because we're white and it's maybe not it's not necessarily messages meant for us right so i went into it thinking it would be like in in that kind of context but it really was romance songs for everyone i think you know like Mm. right like you had kind of mentally prepared yourself for this other statement and to be you know yeah, because we yeah. always, like I said, we just we always want to make sure that you know we treat everything with respect, and uh, that's I was going into this wanting to make sure I gave this album the utmost respect, and I do. So totally, yeah, and I I get it, and I think some of that too also comes from her image, her image of like I I remember her image from the the nineties where she's like you know wearing big head like apparel and a mm-hmm. very like African uh, centric kind of dress and and you know demeanor and stuff like that and i i you know but then like so i don't know i don't know i just was expecting i was expecting something else i was almost expecting to learn you know i was expecting to be like give me some knowledge and i'm just like oh yeah you you got a baby daddy (laughs) (laughs) okay like i get it but this isn't anything i haven't heard on any other so so i think where this really stands out though is just musically it uh it it has those it has those just real smooth r&b like like lo-fi hip-hop and and old school jazz and blues vibes on the whole thing mm-hmm. yeah it's songs like, i think that that are everyone can enjoy yeah and uh and it, i don't know i i guess the sound was pretty fresh in the 90s it's so hard to put it in context now but like we just listened to Missy Elliott not too long ago, and that was an example of like that bump and grind thing that was kind of going on at that time. I just mentioned like TLC and stuff like that. I get, this does stand out from that. Oh yeah, you know? definitely. I think you know, and and this this neo soul thing has kind of held held on. Like there's still a lot of artists, uh, you know, like a guy like a Leon Bridges. Mm. You know, he's still doing a, a neo soul. I would say he's doing it in an even more '60s style, traditional way of of, of soul music. Well, that, yeah, that was something that I saw a couple of people saying, talking about, is that they're like, you're calling it neo soul. You know, it's one of those arguments where it's like, well, you could have called it just, you could have just called it soul. Yeah, like you didn't necessarily need the neo to make it seem like soul died because it it didn't really die. Like you know, it kind of maybe lost maybe not the top spot anymore for a while, you know, but it's, it's still just soul, you know, it didn't necessarily. And some people, I, from what I was seeing, that was a sticking point where they're like, well, damn it. It's not Neo soul. It's just soul. You know, it's like, yeah, well, we get into this talk of all the time about genre and it's, it's always so weird that like, mm-hmm. you know, when, once you label something, then you add all these preconceived notions to it. Right. So totally. before I heard this and somebody's like, Oh yeah, it's some Neo soul. You know, like, yeah, I might be picturing like a Leon Bridges kind of mm-hmm. sound or something. And then I hear this and I was like, oh, man, this is a little more like what I would call like old school, you know, like hip hop. Like, uh, uh, like I'm trying to think of a good example. Uh, 
like a tribe called quest or something would use jazz samples and things like that right sure sure you know so i hear a little bit of that influence here and i'm like what would you call would you call a tribe called quest would you call them neo soul or were they just hip-hop well i mean i feel like this this album this album is a little less hip-hop because you know it was I feel like it definitely airs more on the soul side than the hip hop side, whereas maybe a tribe called Quest would be more on would air more on the hip hop. So like whatever the the bigger slice of the genre sounding pie would be. Yeah, and I found myself leaning more towards I'm like, oh this is more of a this is more of a jazz and mm. blues record is where I kind of was like it's got elements of hip hop, mm. but she's not rapping so much as like I would say her her cipher as she likes to use that word <laughs> um is more of a beat poetry style of cypher mm. and i got a lot of beat poetry vibe from this and then there's a sample of her freestyling on here um in the song afro you know when she's mm-hmm. like you need to pick oh that sounds so great too i like that it's fun it's a fun little but you're like you can see her style of of uh song structure where she's like riffing she's doing it in a more traditional like blues you know style right and uh, and i think that you know that kind of lends itself to something like a beat poetry or 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 a scene like that uh this is i would almost say to me instead of calling this neo soul i would call it like neo lounge Mm. you know like to me this is like this is this is dimlit cafe little you know candles on the table this is you know this is this is beat poetry with you know like an improvised this could be you know like that tom waits uh album that we listened to you with charlie like nighthawks of the diner yeah Yeah. this this is a more urban for lack of a better label (laughs) you know speaking label but this is like an urban (laughs) nighthawks of the diner in a way Hmm. you know like it's got elements of r&b and all that sort of stuff in it but like yeah you've got you've got just cool jazz backing it all up you know and that's is the kind of jazz that i can actually like really get into because when i think about jazz i think about my time at grant mac taking the music program and at that time it was like disjointed rhythms you know like all over the map it's still mathematical but it's still like uncomfortable to listen to if it doesn't (laughs) fall into the measures properly this is not what that is this is this is the way i like to get my flavor of jazz is the way she's done it here well, yeah, sometimes I think uh, with, with jazz is that, like speaking of preconceived notions, that, that the word jazz and the whole idea of the genre of jazz has taken on such like this weighty connotation that like, it's just like we were talking about this album before we listen to it, we're assuming it's going to be one thing, mm-hmm. right? We go like, oh, we're going to, here we go. We're going to get a philosophy lesson, you know, we're going to get some street knowledge from, and then it's like, oh, these are all love songs or whatever, right? It's like jazz jazz is a is a huge like a term that covers many 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 subgenres and all mm-hmm. different kinds of like levels of everything from musicality skill level everything but like you know mm-hmm. it has its roots in um post like civil war like instrumentation like you know all of a sudden all these marching bands that weren't like you know left like drums and snares lying around and you know, these minstrels kind of show instruments and things like that just got together and we're like, hey, what can we do if we bang all this stuff at the same time, right? <laughs> yeah. And that like that New Orleans style of like Dixieland jazz or whatever is really kind of the birth of jazz. Sure. And that's like when the saints go marching in when, you know, that's jazz, mm-hmm. right? You know, yeah. But that's like, 
turn of the last century, you know, mm-hmm. you get into decades later while people have been playing around with this and, and get into different forms of phrasing and get into more challenging melodic styles and like you were saying sometimes arrhythmic like measures and things like that and then you've got Polonius monk now does monk sound <laughs> like when the saints go marching in no <laughs> they're both jazz so you know mm-hmm. but then again rock and roll you got check berry on one end you know you've got ying wing malmsteam on the other like <laughs> like you are they're they're both rock and roll apparently mm-hmm. so that's what i mean the only reason i could bring that up is i'm like these these discussions of, of genre are just it's it it's so muddled. yeah it's so hard because it's like well do we have to just like m- like micro label every subgenre every little thing it's like oh we can't call this neo soul if because you know whatever it's like yeah we can talk about what's identifiable and the tropes of the music that we hear and stuff like that but i like town what towns and zen said about music right he said there's only two kinds of music he's like there's the blues and everything else is zippity doo <laughs> there's a what is it there's a waltz and then there what's the three fours yeah waltz time yeah there's waltz and then there's uh everything else <laughs> well that's just it yeah yeah if, and if you oh. want to get fancy do it in three four time <laughs> <laughs> i don't yeah. know if that's the rest of town's van zandt's uh, quote i don't know if he ever played anything in three four he may have um, but I think the whole par- purpose and the whole reason why genre labeling became a thing, if we didn't have radio formats, I don't think we'd concentrate so much on the genre spectrum of everything because radio is probably what started that, putting everything yeah. into a neatly labeled That's box. Definitely part of it. You know, somewhere like knowing where to go in the in the record store. Yeah, I'll bet a lot of it. I'll bet a lot of it started with even just race. If we're going to talk about race a little bit. You know, like they used to label blues and R&B records before a lot of, you know, uh, like white artists were always cribbing notes from, you know, uh, uh, people of color, musicians of color and stuff like that. And vice versa, too. It's not like, you know, they were um, wholly separate in any ways. Like, you know, basically poor people got together and made music together. Right. And they influenced each other quite a bit. But uh, at the end of the day, what would when it came to commercially releasing these stuff, they would call them race records if they right. were by black artists, right? So it didn't matter that, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to think of, like, I, like it, it, Jimmy Rogers was doing a blue yodel, and they released it as a country record. If you know, I don't know, whatever contemporary um, black artist at the time was releasing the same thing, they they wouldn't call it a country record. They would call it a race record. Right. And I sold that to. And so then you go into a, the, a shop that's, you know, has to segregate like for their clientele. It's like, well, yeah, we sell the we sell the records, the race records on that side and we sell the 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 records for the genteels on this side, that sort of thing. Right. You know, so mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if if some of that idea of like needing to label things so they know which side of the record store that they go to comes from that. But that's just speculation. I really don't know if that's. In the I know that like that kind of genre labeling is in the history. I just don't know how much influence that's had on how we continue to subdivide these things. Hmm. Um, anyway, just food for thought, which is something that uh, Erica Badu would say. <laughs> Not the kind of food that you eat, but the food for your mind. That's what I mean. Is like it, I feel like it's. I, I was expecting a little more depth, and I guess kind of got platitudes. Sure, you know. 
and not that that was that it was necessarily that disappointing but uh but i just i think it kind of maybe kept me away from this a little bit I, you know in a weird way where i was like oh i don't know if i listen to erica badu am i gonna be preached at do i want to be yeah. preached at right you know maybe back then i remember kind of hearing her have some strong opinions like on oprah or something i don't know if she was actually on oprah i'm just <laughs> thinking in the 90s i was coming home from school oh, you know oprah. oprah would be on we'd be talking about erica badu i remember my brother saying that he didn't like erica this is when i was listening to this i suddenly had this memory of like my brother being like uh, you know that she doesn't want white people listening to her music and i was like oh really <laughs> i don't think that's true though i looked and i couldn't I heard find it on quote. oprah i couldn't find a quote where she said that so I, I think uh you know pre-internet but that's the that's the kind of stuff that people like take that ball and run with now you know right so I'm, I'm your brother definitely did the research there yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> he he heard a misquote on oprah um so anyway uh but musically like how what did you guys think did you like it did you not like it i liked it more than i like i liked it i liked it i liked the the feel of everything because sometimes we listen to a lot of albums that i feel i can't really relax to Mm. and this one i could this one this one i definitely could and um i and you know I'm not always very good at listening to lyrics, but I did try to concentrate some more on the lyrics and felt that um, the subject matter was like really cool and interesting and chill and something that like a lot of people can bond with those themes and ideas about their own relationships and such, you know. So I'd say I, I definitely liked it more than I imagined that I that I would have, because normally I I don't come away from listening to one of the albums with that much. Uh, Oh, I got to listen to this again, but I, I I was into it. Yeah. Charlie, what about you? I was pretty into it. Um, I threw it on the first time I listened to it. I was, I was just like cooking some dinner and so, and then we, and then eating said dinner. So like, it's a great album to have on it. Cause just of how chill it is. Right. Like, like you were saying, it's, it's just got good vibes going on in it. So it was excellent to do some, cooking and, and eating too, uh, listening to it more than once. I, like I said, I, I, I enjoyed the lyrics and stuff like that. And I def, I just got a whole wholesome sort of vibe from it. Hmm. Yeah. Um, in my case, I would say like, I, I definitely enjoyed the musical of the record. I found though, for me, it, it faded into the background a little too much hmm. where I found that I had to make a real effort to pay attention to it. Like it was almost a little too relaxing, you know, <laughs> like I, I, I was, I, I, I was like, okay. Uh, it was so easy to have this on and then just get distracted. Sure. Right. And I found myself like really having to like go, okay, no, Hey, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. <laughs> so I, I would say that's to a detriment. Maybe in the first half of the album, I can really stay like on board. So I don't know, you know, this is from 97. So it's not like they really had an, a side A and a side B, but I would say side A is probably the stronger side for me if there was a side. Right. So right off the top, like, you know, um, on and on an apple tree are <laughs> like, you, there's an intro rim shot. And then uh, there's an outro that uh, is the reprise of Rimshot, which in the first, you're speaking of wholesome, 
okay, the first intro version of Rimshot, I just took as her being like, oh yeah, feeling the vibes, feeling the vibes. Got a drummer here, make that boom clat, you know, sound great. Awesome. We're going to make a record. I just need somebody to like drop a beat. But on the last version of Rimshot, when I'm listening to it again, I don't know, maybe I was just looking for more to keep me interested or something like that. But by the time I got to that end of the record, I'm like, oh, this is crazy sexual. Well, at first, that's funny that that just reminded me of the first time I heard Rimshot, you know, from like across the room and I was kind of paying attention to it, but not. I was like, is she saying rim job? <laughs> is this something uh, about wait a minute? And then I, I was like, oh no, she's saying rim shot. Oh, I, I was reading, it. I was reading <laughs> the lyrics while I was into it. So, but the thing is, the intro lyrics didn't really um um catch me off guard, but it was the it was the outro version. And I'm not sure if the lyrics were that much different. I think they're essentially the same you know well and see that's something that can definitely like i could get how you said it kind of faded into the background because when you have something like it, the intro and outro is basic is the same sort of song same same sound and then you've got sometimes and then another version of sometimes later on like you know there were some there were things that i was that definitely uh was it sometimes or was it certainly yeah certainly flipped it so so she revisits songs so my brain after a while was like did this album flip over? Like, did, did it restart? You know, like, cause it was yeah. the same thing, same, same songs with different, obviously like different uh, twists on them or whatever, different lyrics and things, but. but. Okay. But like, you know, when she's going, give it to me, give it to me, you know, get your stick up against that drum. <laughs> yeah, that's just how you do a rim shot, Quinn. <laughs> I know that's how you do a rim shot. Yeah. <laughs> Like I, you know, I'm looking for metaphor in this album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm, you know, I get it. Apple trees a metaphor. I get it, right? But I don't know. Is is the is the rim shot a metaphor for? Is like, is that how? Like you're saying it's wholesome. You know, is this like her way of sneaking in, like the the little kind of you know, little dirty little wink and a nudge? I love hidden subtle sexual references in in anything. I love it. Yeah. It, and also, did Kid Rock crib Diggy Diggy from her? <laughs> she says Diggy Diggy on this album quite a few times. And Diggy. the only other person that I heard say Diggy Diggy this much in the same era <laughs> is Kid Rock. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Could you, like, do you have some way to quantify how many Diggy well, Diggies? Yeah. <laughs> do you have a Diggy Diggy drop for Kid Rock? No, but I was just going to see. So, so this came out in 97. Yeah. Uh Bawadaba came out in ninety eight, the first like Devil Without a Cause or whatever. Yeah, and Bawadaba is taken from uh like the Sugar Hill gang, isn't it? Uh, isn't that where those lurks come from? I said up jump the boogie. I like, don't know. <laughs> you were the kid rock expert I, I don't know if I'd say I was an expert. I really enjoyed yeah, that. Yeah, no, he he took the lyrics of Bawadaba. Our, our yeah, throwback yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a reworking of rapper's yeah. delight. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. With the bar, the bang, the bang, diggy, 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 set the monkey, set up, jump the boogie. Yeah, <laughs> that's from rapper's bang, delight. Bang the boogie to the boogie. Yeah, 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 exactly. And then he's listening to Erica Badu and he's like, Oh, oh throw diggy, a diggy, diggy, diggy on the end of there. Diggy, diggy. <laughs> um, you know, one day, one day we'll get to Devil Without a Cause. <laughs> oh, yeah, like it's gonna one be, day, in the top it's gonna 100. happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you beat all this list. No, on the not, for the good. It's, it's... <laughs> not for this list. By the way, if if we're going down this list, and Devil Without a Cause 
like or devil with a cause or whatever shows up we're completely scrapping this project devil without a cause you're like that's throw the whole damn list out yeah uh, let's throw this one out of court there's you have no case sir you know when we started this whole like new l2l thing with the album format i was always worried i was like they're gonna make fun of everything i like but you guys don't and now here we are making fun of things that charlie likes that's fine i'll still stand by devil without a cause <sighs> and we'll get to it we'll get to it one day yeah i'm down i'm i'm down okay well that's gonna go in a uh that's gotta go in like a, a derp nostalgia yeah, that's like a derp nostalgia for that sure. sounds like a good derp nostalgia yeah um okay but back to the album at hand um diggy diggy yeah now that i and, and since I, you know it's funny when i was looking at other sources of credits and things like that i did not see uh, like the roots um listed as the roots i saw them listed as individuals oh but i see them i mean wikipedia has them listed as yeah as the roots which is just a couple of tracks interesting it's interesting how that gets uh it's like changed depending on the source mm. um yeah i mean there could have been contractual reasons why in some places they weren't called the roots like maybe in the actual album notes I don't know anything about what label anybody was on, but maybe they were on a different label and the labels didn't want them, you know, to show up on a thing. So they just had to use their other names or whatever. You know what I mean? Well, the roots were not the, like they were, I guess they were the roots, but they weren't the roots. Like this is pre the roots blowing up. Right. Right. So, I mean, this is long before Jimmy Kimmel for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Cause yeah. Cause the roots album that blew up that made them, a big deal came after this if i remember correctly hmm. you know right. i'm not 100 sure what album that was but you know i mean look i was a kid in high school i wasn't even hip enough to listen to erica badu so what do i know right like maybe people were like what are you talking about the roots were like popping off man they were the biggest thing on the scene at the time right i was oblivious to it all right you know i was still i was still listening to to beastie boys <laughs> <laughs> There's, um, a, there's a couple songs I'd like to mention. Um, yeah, shout out. Well, they're both called. They're both called certainly. Certainly. Mm-hmm. Certainly. The first sure. one um, caught my attention. It, it seemed a little bit um, melodically, a little bit different. Um, and I, if you listen to the very end of the song, and it's just kind of like um, I'm having trouble with words today. <laughs> um, acapella. Mm-hmm. It's got an acapella outro. But the but the kind of chord they land on sounds like da, da, da. like it's very it's not landing on tonic. Okay. Okay. And I thought that was really cool. And then it goes into the next song on that same vibe, which was really I really grabbed me. I like that. Mm. Um, then the certainly it's called certainly flipped it later on. Mm-hmm. Um, they use a sample of a song in there. I really recognize it. it's like, uh, I was like, this chill bead, of course, is there. And then I I'm like, what does this too. sound like? It sounded like, like Riders what is on that the instrument? Form. What is that instrument that goes? Oh, it, a theremin, you know I mean? It goes really high. Um, but it's a sample that's been used a lot. It was used in DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince Summertime. Okay. Because, I, I, and then I, I, I looked up. Did you, do you know what it is? It is cool in the gang summer madness. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, so I love that. I love that sample. Interesting. I heard something on my second listen through where I was 
listening like the so you normally i i go uh listen once and just react and then second time i pay attention to lyrics but for whatever reason this time i i did lyrics first and then second one was headphones on and and like listen closer to music and i don't think it was a sample i think it was just like somebody using a hammond in the recording did the did the descending run from riders on the storm Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Are you saying the same that happened in the same song? I think it happened towards the end of the album. Yeah, I think it happened in certainly flipped it. Okay. Either that or sometimes I'm I'm uh you know I wasn't I was on the go so I wasn't sitting down and making notes. I was just trying to remember. But but I thought maybe that's what you were referring to. You're like, oh, I recognize the sample. Nope, not that one. I I don't think it was a sample. I think it was somebody was just did that run. It's the same run, right? Like. I'm sure it's just like a C run or something down the keyboard. And then, but I was almost expecting a a thunder in the distant sound effect and range, but it didn't happen. It did. The Four Leaf Clover song is also, I think, really, really good. Now, was that that was the one I felt had the most '90s vibe? That's probably why I liked it so much. <laughs> yeah. There was definitely a couple of tracks on here that really were still, you know, we're talking neo soul throwback sound that mm-hmm. were like not that throwbacky at all. <laughs> you know, yeah. like no more throwbacky than like, yeah. I, like that four leaf clover song, I felt like could have been on like like that TL sound. T- what, what was the uh, crazy, TLC? sexy, cool? Yeah. Yeah. That's the one, you know, mm. like. He the, says as if he didn't have the name right ready to go. I just can only picture them in their silk pajamas on the cover. <laughs> that's all like that's all I picture. In the or video. They, video. Yeah. I don't know what the For cover would look like. But yeah. 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 The, the silk pajamas. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, like if this is the beginning of Neo Soul, I would say that artists since then, and maybe Erica Badu herself, have actually like really dug more into the the whole idea of Neo Soul. Mm. Whereas this might have been more of a label at this point, but I think uh, artists who fall into that category now are tend to dig more into the actual idea of like a not a th- well yeah a throwback sound I guess right not to diminish it at all like you know but just taking what was good and worked in the past and and you know reworking it for a fresh new audience right mm-hmm. um, like a. Uh, and what's his name? Uh, I always have a hard time saying his first name. Aloe Black, mm-hmm. you know, okay, or yeah. you know, I would say. But here's the thing: like uh, a Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings, or the whole Dap Tone label. Yeah, basically, right? Like, would you call that neo soul? Right. I mean, I guess, but yeah. Really, or is it just soul? Just soul. <laughs> it's just a new soul. It's just a newer soul um, label basically but would you distinct what erica badu is doing here from like what like a sharon jones is doing you know five ten years later i mean maybe because it sounds like it's got a bit more of an r&b edge to it i don't know there's a little more 60s like stacks and and motown sound to it than there is on this this has got later motown this has got 70s 80s motown right yeah anyway not that we need to yeah i don't know it hung up on that discussion that's fine (laughs) <laughs> but uh okay well what do you guys uh think should we find out what rolling stone said about it sure what'd they say oh, yeah yeah okay so 
Coming in at number 89 on Rolling Stones, uh, 500 greatest albums of all time, Erica Badu's Baduism, they had this to say. If the head wrap was my trademark, the drums, African drums were my soundtrack. Erica Badu recalled, it's just who I was at the time, and I wanted to be completely who I was when I did what I did. Recorded between New York, Philadelphia and her hometown of Dallas, the singer's debut suggested a Billie Holiday raised on hip hop and Stevie Wonder celebrating herself and her heritage over resplendently relaxed grooves. Badoo-isms, 70s meets 90s vibe, Badoo's um, exquisite lyricism on and on is at once spiritual, apocalyptic and funny. And jazz-steeped cadences see apple tree combined to make the 25-year-old singer a figurehead for the neo-soul genre that essentially began with this album. Hmm. Um, okay, interesting. You know, this that's what I mean. It's like I hear, you know, I might have read a review like this in the past. Right. And I'm expecting bit, like, bit oh, heavy. spiritual, apocalyptic and funny, you know, and I guess that's my only criticism of this album is I think it was such a critical darling that it's right. not overhyped but a little oversold. Right. <clears throat> I wouldn't I mean? criticize, criticize her album in any way based on the reviews you heard or what you expected, because she would just set out and make to make the music the way she wanted to make it. And the other people interpreted it maybe differently than she expected. Sure. Yeah. Very true. That's you know? a good point. That's a good point. That's not um, on her. That's on the reviewers. Yeah. That's yeah. on the reviewers. Yeah. And I think that's why like experiments like this, where it's like, where we actually sit down and listen to this thing. It's like, you know, now my preconceived notions of what this is are completely changed. And my idea of who Erica Badu is are completely changed, you know, and now I'm going to see her as a little, probably actually more approachable as opposed as a, you know, uh, as opposed to less approachable. Right. You know, musically, I don't know. I might steer clear Mm -hmm. of her as a person just because (laughs) (laughs) we mentioned the top of the episode. She got some shady ideas. (laughs) All right, uh, Charlie, do you have a copy of the... Uh... I got the 500 here. This was not in it previously. No, so it only made it in 2020. Yeah, or, so it's a new yeah. edition. Interesting. Well, what was at 89? At 89 was... Ooh, Dusty Springfield, Dusty in Memphis. Oh, interesting. Okay, so they replaced a soul album with a soul album. <laughs> Yeah. Huh. I wonder 90, if that's calculated at all. A 90s were, uh, soul album with a 60s soul album. Yeah. Uh, you know, with a little more cultural update. Update. we got to update uh, the soul album at 89. Representation. Interesting. Okay. I wonder. Do you think knocking Dusty out, did Dusty go down the list, you think? I don't know. Probably. I'm going to guess. I would say that is in like the public eye, maybe if, if to, to take it like that, then probably because I don't know that you hear a lot about the work of dusty springfield uh-huh. you know not not for any bad reasons or anything like no, I, think I, I think it's great but still fairly relevant and but you know i just wonder if maybe in this context that dusty got bumped down into somewhere in the further hundreds sure. as opposed to going up the list um yeah interesting okay 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 well what do you guys think does erica deserve 89 I think that this is a very impactful album. I think it it mean, means a lot for a genre, right? Mm-hmm. And, and if it helped define and create a genre, it absolutely deserves to be up on this list, you know? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I think if you take that and then you take the fact, like you look at some of the numbers, the fact that it went, it went triple platinum in the states and platinum in both the UK and Canada. That's uh, that's a big seller. That's a <laughs> mm-hmm. and like one, you know, I, I at least one Grammy, if not more, for the for this album alone, right? Like, yeah, I think it may. I think it. I think it works in this in that context. Yeah, I, I definitely think it does. It, it uh, deserves to be recognized. Um, you know, uh, in top 100, I'm not 100% sure about that mm. overall, but I think this is an album that's on a albums you should listen to before you die kind of list, right? right. Like, I would say, yeah, absolutely give this a spin, especially <laughs> for that context of, <laughs> yeah, hey, you wonder how this kind of, this, this uh, neo-traditional, movement got started how we get you here know, yeah at least commercially this might be what what inspired a lot of people to go that route um but then well the other question would be are you putting it in your record collection your metaphorical record collection it only takes up space in your mind right that's still that's still real estate what do you guys think well i would say probably not for me but with the with the uh, with the side note that when I was listening to it, uh, Kaylee came in the room and she was like, "Oh man, I haven't heard this album since the '90s. This was for sure one of the albums I got from the uh, from the what's it called the uh, the Columbia mail house? order Columbia. She's Columbia like, house. I got this from Columbia House for sure. So <laughs> with the with the note that my, my, my it's it's going to be in my wife's, so I will have access to it. I wanted back." So I ordered the back, but then I forgot to cancel, and I got Erica Badu. I got Erica Badu. Actually, I think that's how I got back. No, this was yeah, this would have been one of the ones she, she said she got for the because was it ten for a penny or something like that? Oh, that's oh, how yeah. they get you. That's how or they get you. The you do was, the first yeah. order, and they're all cheap, but then they've got your credit card. Yeah, well, your, or your mom's credit card. Your, your mom's credit card. <laughs> so no, I don't think it's gonna it's going in mine, but I still think it was a great album. Okay, Naomi, what about you? There's definitely songs on here that I'll add to my playlist. Like I said earlier, like I wasn't sure at first because I knew I was kind of going into a jazz album Mm. and my, my relationship with jazz because of school had been, like I said, I heard a lot of disjointed rhythms and stuff. So I wasn't sure if it was something that I grabbed, but I love the, the, the relaxed feel. I love the lyrical content. Um, I really like her voice. Um, I think she's, fucking killer awesome so yeah i'd take some songs and throw them in my playlist for sure good call yeah you know i think this is the context i'm going to give this one where uh i think this is a good like date record Mm -hmm. you know like meet somebody at the bar they come back to your place you're trying to you know put on some (laughs) tunes to set the mood a little bit it's and the thing is because it's not on the nose it's not overtly sexual by any right yeah, but it's nice and like you know I was saying it's got a it, I, to me it's more of a like a, a a cafe loungy vibe to it. It's laid back. It's non threatening, but it's also got a it's a little sophisticated. So you can so show if I'm bringing your, someone over. Yeah, want to yeah. get them all in the mood. Yeah, well you know you just want conversation to be easy breezy. Pour them another drink, that sort of thing. Put on <laughs> put on Baduism. Yeah, right. And maybe it's have good. that conversation. Oh, I haven't listened to Eric Badu in a long time. And you'd be like, yeah, I never realized how jazzy it was. Here, you want me to top your wine up? <laughs> Working those angles like a player. That's All right. right. Okay, well, that'll do it for Eric Badu, uh, Baduism. Um, yeah, so 
we got social media for you guys to follow and hang out and find out what we're doing and all that sort of stuff. If you want to play along at home, uh, you know, if you want to reach out and touch us and all that sort of stuff, I don't, don't mean that literally. I mean that metaphorically as well. Uh, you, it's all in one place. Just put it under a website. That website is Charlie. Oh, that website is l2lpodcast.com. Yeah, right on. And we're going to keep plugging it until somebody uses it. People, people have called it and then chickened out and not left messages. And if I was you, listen, call back, just, just call back. Come yeah. on. We're, we're going to listen. Be nice. I'm sick of your crap. People. Whoa. Stop All being right. afraid of the telephone. We need to give you a number to call. <laughs> and you're yeah. gonna call and leave us a message, and everyone's gonna be happy. And that number is 780-851-8785. Right on. Okay. That's what it'll sound like when you call. Shillo. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Don't no, worry, we won't answer it. You'll go straight to voicemail. That's the 90s. You, you could answer the phone like that and people would laugh. Yeah, <laughs> I'd still laugh. Um, listen, no judgment here because literally up until about a month ago, my voicemail still said, it's a machine. You know the drill. <laughs> I was one of those guys. Real professional. <laughs> yeah. Now it just says, you have reached the phone number of. Anyway, moving on. Uh, we as hosts have real lives and real things and other projects that we like to work on. So why don't you guys plug some of that stuff right now? Charlie, what do you got going on? Oh, man, I'd love to sell you some merch at oldmandesign.com. You can get some podcast merch. You can get some plague doctor stuff it's all over the place so uh, what would Rod roger miller do i could do shirt come on and get it it's almost the holiday season you gotta get shopping don't wait just get into it if you order it now maybe it'll be here by christmas get it oldmandesign.com okay and that's a very uh very forceful plug naomi what's going on in your world i am on a podcast called dope nostalgia where we talk to people from the 90s who are big we talk about them this week we're going to be talking about Holly McNarland with our good friend Kendra. Nice. Nice. I was yeah. once in a cover band that played numb. Yeah. I played the bass solo. It's three notes. Bum 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 bum. Yeah, if you had I big shiny tunes, was it big shiny tunes too? I think that sounds on there. I don't know where that yeah, yeah, I just remember it's on that one of them. I had a bass solo. Bum 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 all right and patreon.com slash learning to listen um that's where episodes go up early there's bonus content that's where the archived episodes are going up slowly but surely but hey every once in a while charlie gets around to it so <laughs> if you want to be there when that happens <laughs> patreon.com slash learning to listen okay hey, thank you everybody for hanging out with us listening today um yeah Man, still being interesting, so we're still going to keep doing it. What are we going to do next week, you guys? What's next? Ooh, you want to know? Yeah. It's David Bowie's Hunky Dory coming Neat. in at number 88. So, yeah, we finally get to uh, the the Pale Thin Prince or Ziggy Stardust or <laughs> what the Thin Duke. and I don't know, man. He's got a lot. This one, though, this is an early one. This is before a lot of that. This one, he's just David Bowie. So Good old I'm, DB. Uh, I'm looking forward to that, man. That's cool. going to be a fun one to listen to. So mm -hmm. yeah, once again, thank you for hanging out with us. That's what we're doing next week. And uh, what did Erica Badu say when she went into the hair salon? Wrap, wrap, wrap it up.
Thank you. See, that's for that applause. <laughs> was fun yeah. and then it got really dark for a while a little bit anti-establishment but the next mm-hmm. thing you knew it was totally fun again so many artists came and went and left us wondering what are they doing now this podcast isn't about the heavy hitters who are still making millions it's about everyone else the ones whose careers didn't really leave that decade and kind of just still live in our memory so you mean Vanilla Ice had another song? we all know what happened to Marky Mark But what about the Funky Bunch? Who were the KLF? And why did Tammy Wynette record a song with an electro dance band that topped the charts? Two genres that specifically defined the 90s. What were freestyle and New Jack Swing all about? Did you know that Blossom star Joey Lawrence had a huge pop hit? Or that Alanis Morissette had a really hot pop career in Canada before Jagged Little Pill? Special guests will also be joining me to discuss the great era of glitter, grunge, thin eyebrows, hammer pants, and total ridiculousness. We're even setting up some interviews with some of the musicians that define the times. Okay, so if you're older than 30, you might be sitting here going, Man, I totally remember that song, but I have no idea who does that. Well then, you better listen and find out. I'm Naomi Carmack, host of the Ultimate 90s podcast, Dope Nostalgia. You're going to be busting a move again, coming in early 2020. You want to follow us so that you know when we go live? Check out our Twitter at Nostalgia Dope. Or you can find us on Instagram at dope underscore nostalgia. If you've got a question or you just want to be on the show, email us at dope nostalgia podcast at gmail.com.